Welcome to Checking In, the podcast that looks at the people, the issues, and the trends shaping the dynamic and exciting hotel business. We sit down with leaders, hoteliers, and industry experts as they share best practices, highlight smart solutions, and discuss strategies for growth, ultimately helping hoteliers better understand and affect positive change to grow their businesses. Now, here is your host, editor, and publisher of Hotelier Magazine, Rosanna Kyra. Today, as part of my Checking In podcast, I'm happy to have Terry Mundell, President and CEO of the Greater Toronto Hotel Association, join me for a discussion on the impact of COVID-19 on Toronto's hotel community. Terry is an experienced senior executive and accomplished public affairs professional with extensive public and private sector experience. He was appointed President and CEO of the Greater Toronto Hotel Association in January 2007. Developing and executing comprehensive public affairs strategies with all three levels of government, Terry has successfully promoted the hotel sector as a vital economic contributor to the GTA, Ontario and Canada. The Greater Toronto Hotel Association is the largest city hotel association in Canada with 170 members representing approximately 36,000 guest rooms and 32,000 employees. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing Hi. today? Uh, good morning, Rosanna. I'm uh, I'm great, and thanks uh, thanks very much for having me today. It's uh, it's uh, great to be able to speak with you, and the work that you're doing with uh, Cautious Media to help uh, get our message out is is gratefully appreciated. Well, thank you, Terry, and, and I'm pleased that you're here. I know there's a lot going on in the industry and and a lot on your plate, so I do appreciate it. So I thought maybe we'd start off this morning just a little bit um, about how how this turbulent time has really impacted. First of all, let's start with your association. Um, you know, what has it been like the last almost six months now um, for your group specifically? And then we'll talk about the industry after that. Well, I think like any other industry association, these are uh, very, very interesting times. Uh, Greater Toronto Hotel Association and our team uh, at the office or now working remotely, you know, are working with our our industry, not only just in Toronto, but across Canada, quite frankly. Um, and our association there, you know, we've got a we've got a really great board of directors. Uh, our chair of the board, Edwin Frizzell uh, from Fairmount Royal York, uh, our leader, um, has been great to work with. The board's been great. Um, and, and reality of the beast is the association, uh, we like any other business, you know, go through the same struggles in the pandemic um, that they do, you know, so obviously money's tight, you know, membership, uh, you know, is, is not something that you're actively chasing right now because nobody has any dollars and you're spending all the possible time you can uh, with your team, figuring out ways to try and rebuild the industry. So it's, uh, it's an interesting time at the association for sure. For sure. And Terry, I mentioned earlier in the intro that uh, your group represents um, about 170 members. Um, Has that, out of that number, I guess the question would be, how many of those members have been permanently closed through the last six months and maybe now just starting to reopen? Do you have any stats on how this um, pandemic has affected those members specifically? Well, at one point uh, during the pandemic, we had upwards of 70 hotels that were closed in our catchment area. 
which is essentially the GTA. So that's a significant amount uh, of hotels that are closed. I mean, subsequent to that, we've had a variety of properties reopen and we're still seeing some reopen, uh, uh, you know, every week. So that number has subsequently dropped, but I can tell you that not everybody has reopened at this point. So there are still hotels out there that are closed, is, is what you're saying. And, and is this through mostly Toronto or outside the immediate area? A little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, depending where you are. I mean, quite frankly, the business in downtown Toronto is really, really challenged. Uh, as for some reason, we can't seem to get uh, those people in Ontario tend to go to outside of Toronto to enjoy their holidays and what the rest of the province has to offer and are not coming to, uh, to the city, um, which is causing us many business challenges, of course. Of course. And I know just having the NHL playoffs, um, you know, as, as a hub center in Toronto, that has helped significantly, I guess, for, for a few hotels, but obviously that doesn't impact everybody. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that having uh, the NHL bubble here in Toronto was a benefit. Uh, not only was it a benefit to, uh, you know, a couple of the hotels, a few of the properties um, that, uh, you know, are housing you know, those uh, teams, that's been, been good. But I think as well, we've got a certain amount of promotion and publicity uh, that's been done um, as part of that as well. So I think that will both benefit to us in the future as more people who are watching those games are getting to see a little bit more about Toronto and what there is to, uh, you know, to enjoy in the city. And, and Terry, obviously, with the borders still being closed and that decision being, you know, um, remade every month, it seems, um, we're not going to see any dramatic uptick in, in American tourists, which obviously is a big uh, is a big thing in Toronto. Um, do you think that border closing will continue to be, um, in, you know, if in effect for the next few months or do you see that changing? What's your thought on that? You know, it's, uh, if you look at, um, you know, any of the polls that are out there across Canada about Canadian sentiment towards opening the border, I think you'll see that the vast majority of Canadians aren't ready to open the border. Um, I don't think they feel that, quite frankly, the, uh, the virus is in check and uh, probably more so in the States than it is in Canada. So they're concerned about opening that. And in fact, we've had some challenges about interprovincial travel. Um, as well. So in terms of the border, I, my sense is it will be kept closed for a while longer. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, just before I get on the call, we were talking about an event for next year. And, you know, one of the questions is, will the border be open and will the uh, airlines be flying? And I mean, of course, we all hope so. Uh, but we don't know. Incredible. I mean, nobody could have predicted it would be this long. And, and I think we all thought we were going to be back to normal by at least September. And, and that's not the case, obviously. Um, I know that the July, August period, I mean, some business did return in July for a few people, but now we're almost, um, well, technically into the fall season in a few weeks. Given that we're hearing so much about potential spikes in the fall and that even with schools reopening, you know, next week, there's concern that these numbers are going to start, you know, gaining upward again. What... I know nobody has a crystal ball, but what do you foresee for the next three months? I mean, are hotels, um, is it 
possible that we could get into another lockdown? What do you see is happening on that hotel front over the next three months? Well, I think it'll be interesting to watch uh, what happens with COVID-19 and flu, of course, as well, which is coming in. It depends what you what you read on any particular day. There are those internationally that say that the flu season is not near as bad as they expected it to be generally speaking, credited to people wearing masks. That may, in fact, help us pandemic-wise as well. Um, but our, I mean, our sense is, I mean, if you think about it, normally in September, we're getting prepared for TIFF, the uh, Toronto International That's Fund. right. And, of course, it's a, uh, it is, you know, the largest um, <laughs> event that we have um, in, our, in our season as an annual event. So that's obviously having a major impact on our September numbers and our September business. Our sense is that uh, we will probably start to to not see our occupancy rates or our rev par climb. Uh, in fact, we think the next, uh, you know, get through to the end of the year and then through the first quarter of next year, I think are going to be real challenges for us again. Um, and hopefully, you know, by the time we hit mid-year next year, uh, we're starting to drive uh, some business. I mean, our uh, our owners. You know, we can't we can't keep running losses, and liquidity is such a huge issue for them. And I know we've got a variety of other programs in place, the uh, the wage subsidy, for example, and that helps us keep employees. But you know, bottom line is, you need your owners to be healthy. And uh, you, you need their financial statements to be healthy. They can't keep booking losses. So we really need to try and get more liquidity into their to our to our ownerships groups and, and the businesses there. So, as a group that lobbies government to help on various fronts at the best of times, um, during this turbulent time, what have been your biggest requests from government? I know we, you, you briefly talked about that wage subsidy, which is great, but again, if there's no business, it's, it's you know, it, it's a hard, dif- it's, it's a difficult situation. So what are you asking for as an association to help your membership get through this very difficult time? Well, we work with, uh, you know, our federal partners at the Hotel Association of Canada and our provincial partners at the Ontario Restaurant Hotel Motel Association. Uh, We work collectively together. We're in discussions across the country regularly on, you know, kind of kind of what is next um, in our business. Um, You know, from our perspective, anything that we can do that provides, I mean, it's kind of simple, right? It's really two specific issues. One how do we get more liquidity into the business? So that's a conversation around financial institutions, um, being able to get the proper criteria around loans or, you know, where possible, uh, uh, forgiving a certain amount of monies that uh, may be owed by a hotel. Um, it's really trying then as well on the expense side of the ledger to deal with items like property tax, employment standards act issues, um, electricity costs. There's a variety of things that are driving costs that still happen that owners are still seeing the, uh, the bills coming in for. So if there's any way that we can increase their liquidity, get the banks, the financial institutions to provide more funds, 
um, and accessible funds for the hotel community. Because quite frankly, in some of the programs that have been out there federally, we've not been very successful in accessing them because, you know, a lot of the banks don't quite frankly, um, don't really want to deal with hotels necessarily. So Mm -hmm. we're working on programs for that still. Obviously we've had, you know, changes in uh, leadership at the finance portfolio federally. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when the house comes back federally and, you know, what their announcements will be. We've also got provincially, uh, Premier Ford has recalled the house as well. <clears throat> they're going to sit uh, as, and I think both those pieces are good news for us in terms of the houses being called back because we know, for example, in property tax, we need some legislative changes and some regulatory changes to be able to impact in a positive way um, changes to the, the property tax that will help with the liquidity issue for our owners. So it's those types of things that we continue to work on, as well as, you know, my first call this morning was around, a, you know, a major convention that wants to come to the city. Um, there are a variety of conventions that still want to come to the city and we're trying to work around, you know, those types of issues to figure out how we keep the business and uh, how we work together as an industry with our other partners at, you know, Convention Center and Destination Toronto to make those things happen. So, Terry, as someone who works with a government, you know, regularly, how would you rate, um, you know, what they've been able to offer over the last few months? And, and obviously, I know there's local and provincial and federal um, that come into play here. But overall, uh, do you feel that the government has been receptive to what has been necessary during this crisis? Well, I think governments at all levels have, uh, in my mind, and again, as a former municipal politician, uh, way back when, to see um, all three levels of government work together the way they are currently is a real bright sign for us in that it shows that, you know, when, when we are in times of, you know, deep, deep economic trouble, that those different levels of government can get it together, can work together, you know, and get some solutions to some of the challenges. Now, all those solutions aren't necessarily uh, what we as an industry need. Again, the liquidity issue, you know, announcing uh, some sort of a hotel relief plan, uh, an investment of capital, you know, for a couple of years, interest-free, uh, I, I mean, the bank, some of the financial institutions are looking for seven, eight, nine percent. Incredible. On kind of a two year when they're probably born at less than one percent. Yeah. So it is we need to get, you know, these folks at the table and we need to look at other ways to raise capital uh, again to support our owners, uh, which in turn supports the industry and gives us some time to rebuild. So, you know, it is things like that which are really important, but access to government um has been excellent uh, i mean i know i can pick up the phone and reach pretty near any senior politician in uh, on, in the ontario government um you know your, your mayors across the region you can get to them um staff city staff provincial bureaucracy have been really really helpful and in fact we just got uh, you know the opportunity to host meetings and events in hotels Uh, expanded from what was you could only bring 50 people total into a hotel to host a meeting 
where now we've at least been able to get it expanded to 50 people per meeting room. And albeit that doesn't sound like a lot, it's a first step. Um, it's a good step, but it took an enormous amount of work to get it through the health table. And we actually, with our colleagues in the industry, worked, we actually developed the protocols that went into public health. And, uh, you know, we had hoteliers and, and other folks from across Ontario working with us, but the bureaucracy that we dealt with was absolutely fabulous. They, they got the job done for us, took some time, um, but they understood our issues, which, you know, to be honest, you don't, you don't always get that in government. They don't always understand what we do, um, but they've been, they've been very, very helpful. And honestly, for resources, just to clarify something, you know, you can pick up a phone or you can pop an email and we'll get an answer back, you know, most days within an hour, you know, or less. So that's positive. Um, and that relationship will continue and it will continue hopefully to provide more benefits for our, you know, for our hotels and our owners. So Terry, you mentioned, you know, the change in the meeting capacity from 50 people total to 50 people per meeting. So um, in a place like the convention center downtown, obviously they have a lot of meeting rooms. So it's, um, it's per meeting room, as you say. So is there a maximum uh, at all in that, in that uh, legislation or no? Yeah, it's still 50 people per meeting room versus 50 people per property. Right. Outdoor events are 100. Okay. Uh, restaurants capacity is 30% of the venue space. So, I mean, in that particular position, and I, I think the frustrating part for us during that was we've, we've been open throughout the pandemic. And our industry, uh, not only in Toronto, but across Ontario and Canada, has stepped up big time to help support health systems. Mm-hmm. And the premier called me some time ago and said, we're going to need hotels to help backstop the health system. You know, can you get this done? And we did and continue to support to support public health uh, through our hotels roles. So when you get back to the meeting and events, I think the only frustrating part was we'd been open through the pandemic. We've had no issues in our properties. Mm-hmm. It took a fairly long time to get uh, the changes to the meeting space requirements. Um, so I think that was the frustrating point of that is that we, you know, we were, we were good soldiers and still are and backstopped that system. And we thought maybe that would have turned into an earlier resolve on the meeting room space, but respectfully, you know, they have their system set up and we had to get into uh, stage three, which we, we did in Toronto. We were one of the last groups in and we got, uh, we got what we needed passed. I think now the next focus is. Let's make sure we run these events. Let's make sure we do a really good job. Let's make sure we follow all the protocols which have been developed and they've been circulated to all of our members, uh, all the hotels across Ontario. And um, hopefully, you know, we can move forward to an expansion of that uh, before too long. Quebec actually allows 250 people. Oh, wow. So on that front, um, I mean, the industry is allowed to do this now. I guess the flip side of that question is, do you feel consumers are ready to start 
being involved in those meetings, you know, when, when business is coming around to book these, these meetings, is the consumer confidence where it needs to be? Or are they still skittish about saying, oh, no, uh, do I really want to be in a meeting even with only 50 people? Uh, what, what's your thought on that? Because I think we're seeing there's still a lot of uh, nervousness among consumers, even with going back to school. A lot of parents just aren't feeling comfortable with that. So what, what do you see on that front? Yeah, I think it's a fair question, Rosanna. I, um, you, you know, tend to see in some of the polling that uh, we look at, you know, still very much shows that uh, those in Ontario are, you know, concerned about coming to a large urban centre. Um, having said that, they're also concerned about COVID-19 in general. Uh, but seeing outside of the city where you have, you know, a lot more land, and a lot more opportunity for fresh air. That's tended to be where they've congregated over the last month or so. And that's helped, in fairness, the resorts and the hotels outside of Toronto. And, uh, you know, many of them have had obviously better better occupancy rates and better ref bars than we have. Um, I think the uh, kids going back to school uh, will be something that will be very carefully watched by, um, you know, parents across Ontario, as well as meeting planners and, uh, you know, others that have to come into the city for business. So um, I think we're going to have to watch that. I mean, the whole issue around transit and how people get back and forth to work. Um, and if they're going back to the office, all of these things tend to affect people's mindsets in terms of, are they going to come into the hotels for meetings? We're seeing some uptake on that. Um, but I think it will be some time yet, you know, before we see the days of, you know, significant groups uh, coming into the city. I, I honestly think it's, it's, we need a vaccine to help some of that move forward. For sure. Uh, so, Terry, over the last six months, as we've lived in this unprecedented time, we've seen a lot of companies, um, you know, move to things like Zoom meetings, you know, like we're doing today, actually. And is there, I mean, we've been hearing for years that virtual conferences, you know, might be a thing in the, in the future. And now we're kind of in that future. Um, do, you, do you think that moving forward, because companies and people have now become more accustomed to doing these virtual meetings, that that will impact the hotel business moving forward? Or do you think it's a case of once this is over, people will just resume their normal patterns? What's your take on that? Yeah, it's a good question as well. And I don't know that people will actually resume their normal patterns, but I don't think they'll stay in the pattern that they're in today. Uh, my sense is, I mean, people want to get out and see people. You know, it's part of it's part of what we do, right? You want to get together, whether it's at a meeting in a hotel or, or in the restaurant at the hotel or, you know, on the hotel's patio. People want to get together. People want to see each other again. They want to be able to talk, tell stories, you know, just get caught up. And I don't think that goes away at all. Um, my sense is that corporations and those that run larger events will be a little more cautious as they move forward. They may change some, the size of some of their events. Um, but my sense is the event business will be back. 
Um, it will take a little bit of time to regrow it, but I think there's pent up demand. I think there's pent up demand for travel. Um, you know, I didn't, <laughs> didn't manage to get, you know, the vacation that we had hoped for, uh, during the course of this year, just not a good time to travel was, uh, was in March for sure. And there's some pent up demand in my house about, you know, wanting to get away <laughs> somewhere. So I think there's a lot of that pent up demand. And I honestly think, you know, there are opportunities to get these types of zoom calls are interesting. They've really helped during the pandemic. They're not going to go away necessarily. Um, but I don't think you're going to see the end of meetings. People still want to meet people. That's just part of who we are. Sure. So what other, um, I guess, possible long-term changes do you maybe expect to see from this crisis? Like moving forward, are there things that we're doing now that may become part of our normal operating procedures moving forward? Um, from the hotel perspective, how different will the hotel down the road be from what we're used to? Well, I think uh, you will see some difference. Uh, some of the items that we've put in place uh, with our protocols or many of the brands have put in, you know, new and enhanced standards for, for sanitization. Uh, I think you'll see them continue to stay. I think you'll see things like, uh, you know, touchless payment terms, bookings online will probably increase. I think you'll see a lot of that type of thing go on um, in the business. And I also tend to think, I mean, the good news about hotels is generally speaking, they're fairly entrepreneurial folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always tend to find some other way to do something that makes it interesting for people. Um, one of the things we need to do as a hotel community is we need to um, be involved to support those attractors You know, and again, it's things like TIFF and Pride, um, all the different events, festivals, cultural facilities, attractions that we have that that draw people into the city. We need to continue to work with them and continue to support them and continue to support them at governments as well. Uh, You know, you you talk today, the CNE is talking of closing the Canadian National Exhibition. You know, maybe not coming back. Well, I mean, that's an institution that's been along, been around for a long, a long time. More and, than a hundred uh, years. Yeah, those are my. I mean, my grandfather used to run the uh, the barber shop there years oh, ago. Oh, really? So wow. as a kid, you know, I have a little bit of an affinity towards uh, what happens at the CNE, and I would. These are the types of events that you know we'd be preparing for the air show today. You know. See, there's types of events that we just need to continue to have and we need to continue to support people. But some of the change you may actually see is in that event's portfolio and how some of those attractions, um, you know, work move forward uh, because it will be uh, a little bit different for them as well. But that obviously would impact tourism in the city because Toronto generates a lot of those big conventions and meetings. So, so moving forward, um, I mean, what's the game plan, I guess, uh, to get us through the next year or so if a vaccine isn't developed until then? Well, number one, I'm, I'm optimistic on the vaccine front only because there are so many different opportunities out there which seem to be real. Um, you know, it's not as if we got 100 people running around saying I've got a, a vaccine for you. There right. are a variety of different organizations, well-known um, well thought of institutions that have been working and working together. And it seems to be opportunity around a vaccine. 
I think the question for us is how do we build business and how do we how do we help our owners with liquidity to get us through to that point where we can start to generate our own revenues again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the key here uh, is, is to generate revenues to get the liquidity so we can quite frankly hang on. Um, and that's really all we'll be doing. Hang on and we need to continue to try and build that future business pipeline. So get yourself in the mindset that the end of 2020 is going to be tough. And you know what? Maybe towards uh, mid-2021, things will start to turn for us. And 2022, you know, we'll have some opportunity to rebuild that business. So we can't stand still now on staying in touch with those people that run major events, uh, that want to use our hotel space, that want to host weddings in them. Um, and, and concurrent with that, then we need also to get some of the protocols changed um, so that we can host larger events. So, Terry, um, over the last little while, I've been reading a lot of stories in some places where hotels are supplementing their revenue with very creative, different things that they're doing. For example, some hotels were being used um, as kind of a mobile office of sorts for people who didn't be want to work at home all the time because they were getting you know, tired of that. Is that an area that you could see maybe growing over the next little while as people work at home more? Is there an, an opportunity for hotels? hotels to market themselves in that manner? I think that goes back to the entrepreneurial spirit that we have in the hotel business. Um, <clears throat> no idea is a bad idea. Bring it up, have a discussion, see if we can make something out of it. So like the working from home um, component and come to the hotel as if you're working from home. It's a great opportunity to build some business. It's to bring in a little bit more revenue at the end of the day for those that uh, want to come in and use our facilities for that makes a whole pile of sense to them because they have all the amenities that they need right there. And they also have the privacy and the peace and quiet that they need to, to get their businesses done. So yeah, we're looking at a variety of things like that. I mean, you've seen some hotels open, open patios that have never had patios Mm -hmm. to try and generate some more business. Um, and, And you look back at like, if we could get some of the extension around hosting weddings, you know, there's a lot of family style events that go on in our properties that right now we can't run. And if we could get back to be able to, to those types of things, like there's a lot of people within the GTA that host events in our properties and there's a real opportunity to regrow that. And uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll start to see the hotels again, put out some more interesting packages and more interesting opportunities as we go forward. Are you doing any joint uh, co-op marketing with boards like Destination Toronto or Destination Canada? Is there any joint uh, marketing initiatives that are being planned to to spur some some movement? I know obviously the movement won't happen until people are feeling comfortable, but is there some collaboration going on between your groups? Yeah, I'm on the board of directors of uh, Destination Toronto as well as Tourism Mississauga. Um, you know, both the areas have a significant amount of hotels. Uh, and Scott Beck, who's the CEO at uh, Destination Toronto, I stay in contact regularly. In fact, my next call is with him. Um, we're doing a lot of work together uh, amongst the Destination Marketing Organization. So Destination Canada, Destination Ontario, Destination Toronto, Mississauga, they're all working together with a variety of different programs and uh, plans uh, to help if you can try and get people to start to come into the city 
you know, to start to do business in, in our other jurisdictions. Um, as well as there's a national approach to moving people across Canada. Um, albeit we've had a little bit of a challenge with some of the, uh, some of the border issues uh, in and across um, our nation. I think most of that's getting cleared up now. So there is a lot being done on the marketing front. Um, I know Scott actually has a program. Some of the stuff has been out. Uh, there's a bit more he's holding back that kind of goes out in phases. So we'll see, we'll see more of that in the near future. Okay, wonderful. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the employee side. Um, obviously, this industry is home to a lot of employees, and over the last six months, there's been a lot of layoffs. Um, I would assume in, in my conversations with, with a lot of hotel people, there's still a lot of people who are on layoff. Um, how do, you, how do you see that changing uh, from your conversations with hoteliers? Um, what percentage of employees are now back at work uh, with this, you know, start of reopenings going on? Well, if you were to take a look at, you know, there's roughly 200,000, roughly 50% of the people in the hospitality industry in Ontario are not working. And that number is just devastating um, to know that we've got that many of our colleagues uh, in this industry off work. Um, and it's a real struggle. It really is. So we brought some employees back as hotel open, hotels open. Um, but the reality of it is business needs to take a pretty significant turn upward, you know, for us to bring many poor people back. And in fact, you know, we may be in the challenging position of having to make more changes and, you know, each individual hotel will figure those things out, what works for their organization. But you look back to, it all goes back to liquidity. And, um, you know, we need to get those dollars into the ownership group. Um, we need to make sure the wage subsidy program continues, but the two of them need to work together. Um, so that you don't provide, you know, kind of a false incentive for people to come back to work when the business part, the ownership part, um, isn't stable yet because we haven't been able to get that liquidity that we needed. So I, um, I think it's going to be a real challenge. Uh, we've got some employment standards act obligations, which, uh, will provide a bit more of that challenge mm -hmm. for us. But, uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's, it's just heart-wrenching to, to know that many people are off. When you mentioned some challenges on the employment standards, um, are you referring to payments of, you know, of funds to people who are laid off and, and the, the challenges that that creates or being able to use the wage subsidy as part of that? Uh, can you maybe go into a little bit more specifics? I mean, we have obligations under the Employment Standards Act and uh, some of that stuff when the pandemic hit gets changed a little bit. Um, so essentially what happens is it gets pushed forward, but the obligations, uh, you know, could be very significant, um, you know, for, for hotels. Um, and, in, and you could get into conversations around common law and constructive dismissal, a variety of different things, which are quite, right. which are quite complex. Uh, bottom line is, you know, the challenge we have is, 
you know, whether or not we're going to have enough money you know, be able to fulfill these obligations as well. And whether or not some of them may put hotels upside down. Some of sure. them sure. So it's quite complex. Um, the Q's program, the wage subsidy program, you know, is, uh, is out there as well to help support uh, keeping staff. So from that perspective, you know, we're trying to push for an extension into that into 2021 as well, um, as we think we continue to need that to support our industry. So yeah, that's a huge component. And realistically, the industry is going to be, you know, um, in dire shape for a while. So just having a run out at the end of the year doesn't make sense on so many fronts. Um, Terry, with, you know, the challenge on the people front, um, over the last few months, we've obviously seen more of a shift on technology and it's gained a lot more importance when you look at things like mobile key check-in and, and all sorts of different, um, reliance on technology. Do you think in the future, um, that reliance on technology will also change the face of hotels with employees because it's a bit of a catch-22. You know, you need people in the hotel industry. It's a people industry. And yet this virus is putting so much strain on on, um, on other areas that consumers are looking to, to want more technology to help them feel safer. So how do you think that's going to play out with mobile key now becoming more commonplace and, uh, and also housekeeping, you know, is there an area that this is an area where maybe technology can help with robotics and, but that again puts a strain on employees in terms of not having jobs. So how do you see that playing out? Well, again, I still think we're a people business. Um, that's, that's just part of the culture. That's part of the heart of the hotel. Um, that's what makes it bounce and vibe. And that's what people come for. You know, they come for a lot of that activity. Do I think we will see continued changes in technology? Absolutely. The business has evolved for years and years and will continue to. So keyless technology for entrance. Absolutely. I think you'll see more and more of that stuff, but you cannot replace, you cannot replace the passion you know, the heart of the hotel with a robot. You know, you still need people to generate, you know, that type of enthusiasm, that type of guest experience uh, that people want to see. But having said that, we all know that technology has made some great advances over the years and our industry will continue to evolve, you know, as new technologies come forward and where it makes sense, you know, we'll invest in those. But remember, when you're in the middle of a pandemic and you've spent an enormous amount of money on personal protection equipment and a variety of other things just to get your hotel ready to host more guests, the money's not there for everything that we need to do. So these things as well will go on a priority list of, you know, investments and groups will have to determine based on those investments, what makes the most sense for them. But again, based on cash flow positions, you know, yeah, you're going to invest in PPE because you have to. Yeah, I think keyless is more and more than ever. Again, same type of reason. Um, but from there on in, you know, the changes are really going to have to make uh, financial sense because I just don't think we have necessarily the dollars to invest in the next couple of years in a lot of other changes. No, it makes sense. Um, from your perspective, do you think independent hotel um, owners are in a more 
complex position these days with uh, with keeping their hotels afloat than a big chain, or or do you think it's equally <laughs> equally challenging? I think we all suffer from the same challenge, just the magnitude seems to be a little bit different in terms of actual dollar volume per se. But I don't think being an independent owner and having your face uh, up against the banks or the financial institutions, you know, looking for money that you don't have um, is different from a larger hotel group with the money they don't have. The bottom line is the institution, the hotel, Big owner, small owner, um, you know, could still run into failure. And I think that's the biggest challenge. Our, uh, you know, our smaller ownership groups, um, you know, they're they're working real hard to try and make sure their properties stay afloat and uh, get all the investments that they need in it. But it's tough for, it's tough for all of us right now to access capital. And uh, whether you're big or small, like the dollars aren't flowing the way we need them to at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a horribly complex situation, and until this uh, really until this vaccine makes everybody feel more comfortable, it's 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 a tough fall for sure. So, Terry, um, as a way to wrap up our our conversation today, obviously the last six months have been very difficult for everybody, every business, every person. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned personally from the past three months, um, or not three months now, six months, sorry. Um, what are the biggest lessons you've learned and, and maybe some of the biggest t- takeaways that you're ga- gaining from uh, what hoteliers are telling you in your conversations with them? I think the interesting part of this, Rosanna, is that I think we all know the challenges are significant. And easy solutions aren't there. But our industry, and this came about from SARS, and it is still here now, is that we work together so well to try and find solutions to problems. So even to get the meeting rooms expanded from 50 per hotel to 50 per meeting room, we had a whole pile of different hoteliers working on that piece with us, brands and independents to try and figure out the protocols. Like the industry comes together around these things and really tries, really tries to, to get things done. So from a, from a perspective of what's what I've learned in this pandemic, I think what I've, reminded myself is is how well this industry works together in good times and in bad. And this is clearly in bad. And that the learnings of SARS haven't got away from us in that we know, and albeit they're not totally comparable, but we did know we bounced back and we bounced back quickly once we get the green light. You know, from my personal perspective, what I've learned is what a, what a great, great, um, sector to work with but how but how passionate our people are about what they do and how worried across the board we all are um in our sector and and the pain that we're we're going through um people's support for one another one of another is is really really hardening. Um, 
And I, and I think that is so important for all of us to keep in mind is that this isn't something that any individuals made happen. I mean, it's a global pandemic. So there's not a lot of blame. There's a lot of what do we do next? But to, to be able to work with such a, a wonderful group of individuals in a variety of sectors um, and to watch government and industry, you know, working together to try and come to solutions. You know, it seems a little bit like the Canadian way. You know, we're going we're gonna to get a hold of this thing. We're going to get our arms around it. We're going to fix the dance at some point. <laughs> Take some more work, but we're going to get there. Well, that was very well said, Terry, as always. Um, and, you know, you've been a tireless, uh, you know, advocate for the industry. And I know you're doing a lot of great work trying to help this industry rebound. So I thank you for that. I thank you for your time today. I know you have a lot on your plate and I'm sure you're going to be on a million calls today just trying to fix this problem. So thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for your insights and uh, and for your perspectives. And I'm, I'm confident that by working together, the industry will find the, the solution it needs to move forward so thank you and uh, and stay safe thanks for everything you do for us as well Roseanne we really appreciate the opportunity stay safe we appreciate you joining us for this episode of the checking in podcast if you enjoyed today's episode we'd love for you to rate and review our show also make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button For additional resources related to today's episode, please visit our website, hoteliermagazine.com. Until next time.